Alrighty, everybody, and welcome, Patreons and everyone, to our Unmasked episode. Patreons and everyone else. All you people who don't pay us, it's okay. <laughs> we we are suffering on this trip. We, you know, we used all the money we was going to spend on gas in the electric car. <laughs> I had to bring our own snacks from home. No, I just made coconut macaroons and I wanted to bring them. <laughs> well, and we had a whole discussion about ramen noodles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because I've only ever had the chicken ramen noodles, and I absolutely cannot stand ramen noodles, first of all. Right. I used to have to eat them in college. Like a salt lick. Yes. So I absolutely refuse to eat ramen noodles now. Like, if I can afford to not eat ramen noodles, I'm not right. eating ramen noodles. But even when I used to have to, it would only be the chicken. But Josh was telling me that they also have shrimp. Ooh, and they it have smells beef. so bad. Yeah. The beef I can see. I've never tried them. Again, I've I've had the chicken. I like the spicy chicken is best. It's not overly spicy, but it it I never just even has saw a saw the spicy chicken. They're the ones that come in like the bowls, mm. like the ones you can bring for lunch. But they also have a like a Korean barbecue one that's delicious. Mm. The worst though is the shrimp. And then they had a macaroni and cheese one for a hot minute. That was just hot garbage. And you said it wasn't even like a normal mac and cheese. It was just like mac and cheese flavor. Yeah, I thought it would be like the instant macaroni and cheese, like kind of a cheese powder, so, you know, add it to the noodles and it kind of turns creamy, but it was like a cheese flavored liquid broth. Oh my God, that's absolutely In, in the noodles. I was just like, oh, this was, I'm glad this is less than a dollar. You know, I'm just going to throw this away. No kidding. In fact... I remember when I would buy ramen noodles, I would so much prefer to buy those noodles that would come in the little styrofoam cup that yes. were a little bit more expensive. Cup of noodles. Yeah. Those were like first class for white trash right. for me. Like those were like, if I could afford My to dreams buy those, are made yeah. of. But like sometimes I just couldn't afford those and I'd have to get the ramen noodles. Well, 19 cents a square. <laughs> but honestly, like sometimes... The chicken packet made it even worse. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it was. like. I'd add like half of it sometimes. Yeah, like what is that? Like it's supposed to taste like chicken broth or something, but it does not taste so like salty. chicken. I don't know what. Oh. And then like my roommate in college, he'd be like, you not an egg to that. It tastes a lot better. And I tried it once and I'm like, no, it doesn't. It's, it's still gross. It's like water. <laughs> it's like watery ramen noodle. Ooh. I just cooked With, an egg and chicken broth. Yeah. Shitty chicken broth. Oh my gosh, Josh, do you remember my freshman year of college? I just remember doing this so much. So I remembered grandma making green beans all the time. Oh, yeah. And I thought, oh my God, I love green beans. Well, I went to Walmart, and anytime I would go grocery shopping in college, you know, I didn't have a car. So I would take the city bus in Indianapolis, Indigo, and I went to Walmart. And this is the first time I moved to Indianapolis. I go to Walmart and I bought a big duffel bag so I could put my groceries in it and then take the bus back to campus. And I would load up my groceries in the duffel bag. And a little side note is what I would do inside Walmart to make sure I could carry it all in the duffel bag is I would like preload it into the duffel bag. Oh, yeah. But I was always worried that like the security would come around thinking I'm stealing. <laughs> well, you put it in the cart and then that way you don't have to carry it around. Yeah, that's what I did. But anyway, so 
I would go down the can aisle because in our dorm, we only had a microwave. We couldn't have like plugged in stuff. Right. Safety. It was an old dorm. I remember that. Yes. It was so old. Anyway, ball hall at IUPUI. Anyway, so I was at Walmart and I was going down the canned food aisle. I saw the green beans and I thought, oh my God, I love green beans. And so I grabbed some green beans and I get back to the dorm and I thought, I'm going to make some green beans for dinner. And so I opened them and I put them in the microwave. I got back to my room because our floor had to share a microwave. I got back to my room and I ate some of my green beans. And I thought, oh, my God. These taste horrible. Something is wrong with these green beans. (laughs) It tastes like water. (laughs) So I like put it down and I was like, these must have gone bad. And I thought, that's so weird. They don't have any flavor. Yeah, that canned food went bad. I put salt on them, but it still didn't help. So I went and grabbed another can of green beans. And I went and put it in the microwave. I came back, put salt and pepper on them, because that's all the seasonings I had. And I tasted How are you related? Well, (laughs) I was a broke college student. I know. I I still would have had a thing of bacon grease hidden under the bed. that's where the story's going. Because (laughs) I remember, like calling i called or text you i can't remember which one probably text i don't remember calling you but i sent you a text and i was like uh so i think something must be wrong with my green beans and i (laughs) I, we were talking and you're like well you do know that anytime grandma makes green beans she puts bacon grease in them and i was like oh she fries them in bacon grease with an onion sometimes bacon if you have it yeah and I was like, that's why, that's why they taste different. Because I'm actually, when I eat green beans, I'm used to green beans tasting like having a bacon flavor. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's what green beans tasted like. No, they're a vegetable. It yeah, tastes bland. It tasted horrible. like <laughs> grass and water. And I thought I liked green beans. I did not. I, I like bacon water. I like green bean casserole. I'll always go for that. But unless usually unless I make green beans, I ain't eat them. Because I'm like, no, that's just going to taste like garbage. Yeah. Ain't going to have bacon grease in it. Well, I told you about... So our dorm had one freaking... Microwave. Microwave, yeah. What and a nightmare. I know. For our freaking whole floor of men. So it never failed that these men on my floor would do stupid crap... To get our microwave privileges like removed. And like oh that's God. the only thing we could use to cook food. A privilege. I know. So like one time someone set it on fire. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't even know what they did. I think they put like a spoon or something in it just to set it on fire. Because oh. they were cool. And I'm like, that was our only freaking microwave. Like I just never we went through that like <laughs> I'm a dummy phase as for for being a man, you know, I never went through that. Let me do something stupid. Well, and I thought, you know, the only thing that you get from that is now you can't use a microwave. Right. Now we all have to eat cold green beans. <laughs> Congratulations. Gosh, I'm still upset about that. And then he then ain't the bitter. Freaking, no, and then they freaking charged every one of us. Like 20 freaking dollars. For a crappy microwave. It was just a fee because they couldn't figure out who did it. I was like, well, if you're going to charge everyone $20, use it to buy a camera to put in there, you know. Was this the dorm that had the sign in the shower that was like, these drains are old. Please don't shoot your stuff down the drain Mm -hmm. because it'll clog it. Well, 
No, there was a sign in the bathroom that would beg people not to poop <laughs> in the showers. Gross. Yeah, because uh, wear flip flops in the showers if you ever do. Well, them. it's because these men. I'm telling you, women. These men are disgusting. Please stop pooping. These men would do pranks and they would poo in the shower. And just for the fact that the next person who would come in, there'd be a huge pile of poo in the bottom of the Uh shower. But the dorm was really old, so it won't go down. So, like, they have to send the maintenance people out to clean (laughs) it up, and it just gets all messy, and it's absolutely horrible. So every time it would happen, they would charge every person on the floor. Oh, my God. Quit sitting in the shower. Well, and I was, like, already a poor college student having to pay for ramen noodles to eat. Right, $20. I don't have $20 (laughs) because some dumbass is freaking putting metal spoons in the microwave Mm -hmm. and pooping in the shower. (laughs) You know, so I'm like, quit doing it. If I found the person, I was really going to throw them out the window of our third floor. So, yeah, I was not having it. I was really, really upset about this happening. Oh, college. Yeah. It was like four times that we got charged for stupid crap like that. It was ridiculous. Some people, they when they first move away from their parents, they just don't know how to act. <sighs> no. I'm not bitter. Shane, you're not bitter. Whereas if That's one of the differences when Shane and I is growing up. I learned how to cook and he did not. Whereas he's very tech savvy and very good at, he's very, what is left brained and I'm very right brained. I think it's opposite. Okay. Probably. That yeah. makes sense. Left brain is. Seems like you used me message daddy and KC with messages. So I'll use that one. Send in. <laughs> no. Change it or cancel. I won't send it. Were you trying to, is it trying to text someone? Yes. Sex text someone named Daddy? <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> Josh's phone randomly <laughs> tried to text someone named Daddy. <laughs> what was it trying to text? Would you like to text something named? Yeah, uh, I can't say it's something, just something stupid. I mean, would you like to text Daddy? Listen, I didn't, I don't know his name, so I just, I put daddy, because it's easier than remembering a name. Josh meets these guys and just puts their name as these random. I put daddy, and then what town they're from. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, do not call, or like if it was, you know, a bad experience, I'll put like, ignore, ignore, don't respond, Mm -hmm. not worth your time. My gosh, we should have just had had Siri send that. No, I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> just a random message. I, I wonder what it would have said. That was the fireman. Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Lord. It's just sorry. You want me to text daddy? <laughs> that was so funny. Siri's just like, did you want that to be sent to daddy? And it'll say, do you want me to send that now? Say what to daddy? I know. That was. Don't you judge me. I'm glad that we weren't in charge. Don't you judge me. Welcome to Unmasked, where you never know what's going to happen. I don't remember what we were talking about. I don't either. Daddy threw me off.
Right. Well, Daddy almost knew what we were talking about. <laughs> freaking Siri. They're always listening. We didn't even say your name, my damn no. lisp. Well, normally it's my watch that picks it up. Of all the devices in here, it was your phone right. over in the corner. Farthest away. No kidding. She was just wanting me to text Daddy. <laughs> How random. How New phone. Random. Who's this? <laughs> you have to just block him because of the sense <laughs> of something absolutely ridiculous. I'm glad she didn't send it. <laughs> that would have been fun. All righty. So the mad gasser. <laughs> yes. The mad gasser. Josh, I had some fun little things for us to talk about for this unmasked episode. So we're still, of course, in Mattoon. Yes. And the Mad Gasser happened here in 1944, but this actually wasn't the first instance of a Mad Gasser. In 1933, so 10 years prior in Virginia, the same exact thing happened. Now, there's no proof that the two events are linked. However, the events are very, very similar, so I think it's worth talking about. This all happened in Botertork County, Virginia, to be exact. At 10 p.m. on December of 1933, and I don't know the exact day in December, I couldn't find that, at the home of Mr. and Mrs. Cal Huffman, Miss Huffman started to smell a strange gas that was making her feel nauseous. She decided to go lay in bed, which I thought was a little funny because I'm like, if I smell gas, I'm not going to go lay down. I'd leave the house. <laughs> yeah. So she went to go lay down in bed because she was feeling nauseous. But her husband thought that someone might have sprayed gas in the home. He felt like foul play could be involved. And... So he decided he was going to remain awake and stay alert in case that was the case. About 30 minutes passed and it seemed like more gas was filling the room. So Mr. Huffman left and went to the nearby home of his landlord and called the police. When the officer arrived, he stayed for well over an hour to see if the smell would return. The smell did not return, so the officer left Immediately after the officer left, Mr. Hoffman smelled more gas, but noticed it was now filling both the upstairs of the home and the downstairs of the home. All eight family members were affected by the gas, along with Ashby Henderson. Ashby and Mr. Huffman also thought that they saw a man running away from the home. The nine victims felt very nauseated. They had horrible headaches, and it even caused their mouth and throat muscles to restrict. The Huffman's 19-year-old daughter was so affected, they had to perform mouth-to-mouth resuscitation in order to revive her. Did gravy. Yeah. Oh, now I want some biscuits and gravy. It's eight o'clock here. <laughs> I know, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> and they're also on Central Time. So, like, we are on Eastern Time normally. So, it's like nine o'clock. Right well, now. I kept looking at the clock by the bed and I was like, it says seven, but that doesn't feel right. I, I just looked at my phone when it texted daddy. <laughs> it texted like, oh, daddy. eight. <laughs> right. But, Josh, this is our unmasked episode. So, like, we have a little bit longer to do this. But this is, what happens. <laughs> yeah, this, this is what happens when we do our episodes. 
we normally have to put in about two hours of work on each episode that you guys hear. Just to record. <laughs> yeah, just to record them. So we do appreciate when you guys follow us and join our unmasked episodes. and We get going and it's hard to shut us up. Right. Help us out with the premium episodes. But So the daughter, she after this experience, she does still experience some bad health effects for a while afterwards. They did find a clue at the scene. A woman's shoe print was found beneath the window. And they thought, yeah, they thought that this was the attacker. And they believed that this was the window that the attacker would have used to spray the gas through into the home. And Josh mentions that because you'll remember in the normal episode, I mentioned that there were women's shoe prints found so that was pretty important to... That is very weird how similar it yeah, is. Yeah. The next attack was in Cloverdale. Clarence Hall, his wife, and two kids had just returned home from church on Christmas Eve around nine. A few minutes later, they noticed a strange odor. Hall went into one of the back rooms to find out what could be giving the strange smell. But moments later, he came back out staggering and swaying. His wife started feeling nauseated and very weak, but managed to drag him outside. They both experienced eye issues for the next couple of days because of the gas. The gas was believed to have been sweet. One clue was found at the scene. A nail had been pulled from one of the windows, possibly to make it possible to spray the gas inside the home. Mm -hmm. The next attack was on December 27th, when Mr. Kelly and his mother were victims in their home. Police thought they had a break, when it was reported that a man and a woman in a 1933 Chevrolet had been seen driving back and forth in front of Kelly's house around the time of the attack. A neighbor was able to get a partial plate number, but the police was never able to locate it. Things went quiet for about two weeks. Then on January 10th, Mr. Hyten and his wife were upstairs asleep, and their daughter was asleep downstairs. I'll also point out that the daughter was older. Her husband was out of town on business, so she was staying over. Around 10 p.m., she got up to take care of her baby and heard something outside something that sounded like someone was messing with the window and she thought she heard someone talking. That's when the room started to fill with gas. She grabbed her child as she started to feel what she described as numbness. The window had been slightly broken for some time and this might have allowed the gasser easier access. A neighbor also heard voices around that same time and it would have been from that area of the house as well. And that validated her story. Okay. Yeah. Man, this has me creeped out sleeping in this town tonight. (laughs) We'll check the windows before. Right. And this didn't happen in this town. This was in Virginia. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. It still, it has me thinking about it. I'm like, oh, heaven. It definitely, you know, matches up to what everyone else here was experiencing. Just mind-blowing how just similar Mm -hmm. from such far distances away from each other. Right. And it was 11 years prior. On the same night, 
a man named Mr. Kinsey was also attacked. Then, for six days, it was quiet. On January 16th, gas fills the home of Mr. Duval. As he leaves the home to call the police, he saw a man run up to a parked car at a nearby intersection, and the car speeds away. Woman's shoe prints are found where the car is parked. So again, we have another instance where women's shoe prints are found by where they believe the suspect was. So I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. That's God. On January 19th, gas was sprayed into the window of Miss Campbell, a judge's wife, while she was sitting near the window. She noticed the shade move, and then she started to become sick. On January 21st, when Howard Crawford and his wife got home, Mr. Crawford went first inside to light a lamp. However, he turned around, stumbling back out. He was overwhelmed by the gas. A clue was found. A piece of an old automobile seemed to have been left behind. And I wrote down that it was a rank, but I probably wrote that down wrong. I'm not sure what a rank was. I probably wrote that, I probably wrote that down wrong. Like a skating rank? No, right. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know automobiles, so I can't what even... What collar was it? <laughs> Is it pretty? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it was, they weren't sure why it was left because they knew that the piece couldn't have had anything to do with what happened or how the people would have been gassed. And the piece was too common of an item to be traced. So on January 22nd, there were three separate attacks that occurred in the same area within an hour over a two mile area. And they started north and they moved south. So he or she was moving in a line. In each home, the victims all experienced numbness and nausea. One of the victims called his brother, who was an officer, and they blockaded the nearby roads. One of the victim's sons saw a figure disappearing from their house. He gave chase and fired shots, but the person got away. On January 23rd, Miss Hartzell and her family spent the night with some neighbors. When they returned home, At 4.30 a.m., their home was filled with gas. Someone had also filed wood and brush up against their front door during the night to prevent the family from easily escaping. Hmm. So, yeah, so the front door was barricaded. Now, also, I just want to make a little side note here that they stayed out until 4.30 in the morning. I can't even stay up until 4.30 in the morning. function. They were knew how to party. No kidding. Party like it's 1933. <laughs> okay. Authorities believed it might have been a mentally deranged person. They're hysterical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or unhinged, or excuse me, or an unhinged gas victim from World War One. The last of the likely attacks was on February 3rd. Mr. Skaggs and his wife, along with five other adults, were affected by the gas so badly that the sheriff would later say, quote, no amount of imagination in the world would make people as ill as the Skaggs are. 
And he said this because at a later time, skeptics started thinking that people really weren't ill. It was all just hysteria. And so that sheriff was like, no, these people were very, very ill. Like this was not them just being hysterical. These people were very, very sick. And I wrote down some notes that I wanted to just touch on from our talk about the gassing that happened here in Mattoon. I think that the Mattoon authorities, specifically the police chief and all of the police that would have followed his lead, mishandled the event. Oh, At yes. first, I think they wanted to be the knight in shining armor who were going to solve this case, you know. But the moment that the newspaper started reporting on it, I did see in those old articles, there's a point in the articles where it starts becoming sensationalized. But I get it. Newspapers were telling the news and reporting on the news. And they also have to make it entertaining. That's how these people get their entertainment. Right. Get the news. They didn't have any housewives to watch back then. They had to read (laughs) the newspaper. (laughs) Right. So I think that at some point in time in these papers and with what the police chief is saying, you can see where he takes it seriously and he's trying to figure out who's doing this. But then the public loses their faith in him. And in that moment, I think he realizes his only option because he can't figure out who he can't solve the crime. Right. He's not solving the crime. The FBI is now getting involved. Uh, It looked like a failure. Yeah. National newspapers are now reporting on it. And he doesn't like how they're going to reflect on him. The only option is for him to do what he did to save face. And that was absolutely wrong of him to do. That's what I think was his easy way out. Mm -hmm. And that's what he did. He said that he thought that this was all make-believe. This was women being hysterical because all of the men were gone at war. That does not take into account the facts. You know, the facts were the facts. Right. You have multiple men who are reporting that they also were there witnessing this. You have people who were not related to one another reporting incidences prior to this being publicly reported. So why were those instances not taken into account? That can't just be hysteria. Like, there has to be a reason. (laughs) And he would also be discounting physical evidence in terms of also eyewitness accounts of the assailant being seen by people. Right. So it just is very selective in what he is believing. He didn't want to be a failure. So he was, Oh, it's just hysteria. We don't need the FBI. Now I do believe that at some point there is a fear in the public's mind when you have a serial offender on the loose. And I do think that people were calling the police because they were seeing suspicious things. Oh, yeah. You know, they were getting phone calls of, like I mentioned, the man who was going into his own window because he locked himself out. People were more aware and people were more aware of smells. And so they were getting much more 911 calls. You're on high alert. Yeah. So I have no doubt 
that they were also getting things that were not related. Right, so but that's part of their job. Yeah. So I do think that there are two incidences happening here. There is one of a serial gasser, and there is another of people who are legitimately scared. And they are reporting because of their heightened senses. Not for any other reason other than they are reporting for their heightened senses. And the cases that I found of them saying that we have multiple instances of false reportings of the gasser, they were honest mistakes of like, for example, of the guy who was trying to crawl in his window because he locked himself out. If there was a serial gasser on the loose in my small town and I saw a man trying to get into a window you best believe mm-hmm. I'd be calling the police on right. him. Right. Uh-uh, not today. I yeah. found him. <laughs> yeah. And I don't fault anyone in the community for trying to form a roving of band of. <laughs> <laughs> right. Bands of people trying to go out and protect their neighborhood because they lost faith in the police chief. Because by the end of it, he sounded like a freaking clown trying to blame the industry when he had no reason to blame the industry. He talks about these industries like he knew. And the thing is, when you are a local person and you hear something from your chief of police, you want to believe them, especially when you are in a crisis like that. Right. So when he's giving you information, you want it to be accurate. And how dare he blame an industry without having gone and investigate that for himself. Absolutely zero facts. He could have contacted the state health department and asked for those statistics. Or just the factories themselves. He could have gone to the factory and checked out those things. Instead, he took the easy way out and just tried to pass blame anywhere he could by just spilling out whatever he could possibly think. Based on zero evidence. Yeah. And ultimately, I think that's why people either stopped reporting it or lost faith in the people they were reporting it to. Right. And I think that the local authorities stopped taking the reports and they stopped working them because they just honestly didn't want to be looked at as the laughingstock of America, you know? Exactly. That's in my mind. (laughs) Dude, come on now, you know? (laughs) Kind of like how people in New York City don't generally call the police because by the time they get there, you're already, whatever that robber or whatnot's going to do, they're going to already have done it and been long gone by the time the police get there. Right. So what's the point of calling if nothing's going to get done? Yeah. Another thing I wanted to bring up is the last person who seemed like it was a credible instance of the gasser in Mattoon was Bertha Birch. And her eyewitness account mentions that she thought that the assailant was dressed up, was a woman dressed up as a man. And outside the window, they saw what looked to be women's shoe prints. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was interesting because here in the Virginia case, just 11 years prior, you have so many instances of not only women's shoe prints appearing, but so many of the 
side effects match up to the same type of gas that seemed to have been used in Mattoon. So I think that's also very interesting that you have, it seems like two serial gassers who seems to be using uh, either the same gas or similar gases. Right. And for some reason, there's this common theme over women's shoes or or shoe prints being found nearby. Which is so random, especially to have in common of all the details of both cases. Yeah. And one thing that I thought of that I thought was pretty interesting is in the true crime world, I know that women murderers and killers, women murderers are more likely to poison people Mm -hmm. than murder people any other way. But I don't know if that would be considered in gassing someone, you know, gassing is definitely in my mind, a form of its own, you know, because you have to involve chemistry. You right. have to have some type of knowledge of chemistry. You have to have the ability to get that gas. Transport it, know how to transport it. Yeah. And I mean, now a lot of gases you could go into, I mean, shoot, there's, what was that, Home Depot right across the street? Yeah. From so you could go into Home Depot and get a lot of gases from in there and also a little sprayer and be able to use that But in the 1930s and 40s, I'm not sure how easily accessible those things were. The gases, I'm sure, were also easily accessible, especially knowing that out here in Illinois, just like in Indiana where we're from, there's a lot of farming communities. So I'm sure that gas is easily accessible. Right. So those are all things that, that were running around my mind. But because women are likely to poison, that just had me thinking that I wonder if the statistic of using gas to harm people, if that would stay true to being the majority of a women crime as well or not. I'm not sure. Yeah. Just a little food for thought. One quote that I found, I mentioned that the chief of police here in Mattoon was a clown But the city commissioner of public health had made a statement, and I thought that was a pretty good statement, so I'm going to quote him. He said, There is no doubt that a gas maniac exists and has made a number of attacks, but many of the reported attacks are nothing more than hysteria. Fear of the gas man is entirely proportion to the menace of the relatively harmless gas he is spraying. The whole town is sick with hysteria, and last night it spread out into the country. So the city commissioner is talking about how he thinks that there are two different events happening here. There is one of the gasser that he believes is a true thing that's happening, and then there are people who are just freaked out and worried that any smell could be coming from this gasser. Okay. which. I mean, we all have experienced that. I'm going to say this, and I think that a lot of people are going to be sending me hate mail, but have you ever paid attention to, like, you're swallowing, and then all of a sudden you realize, like, how automatic it is? You do it without thinking, and then you're like, 
oh my God, I can't swallow now because you have to think about it. Well, no, there's a reflex in the brain to where if you make yourself swallow, it can, it'll only do it so many times and then mm. it won't let you do it anymore. Yeah. And it kind of freaks you out like, oh God, yeah. I'll never be able to drink again. Or My point is that the more that you are aware of something, you just become hyper aware of it. Mm-hmm. And then you will start to worry yourself and... I am guilty of that. I have done that before <laughs> with swallowing. Harlot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But with anything, if I feel, if I'm in the house, I've done that, especially when I moved into my home and it was the first time I ever had a gas stove. Oh, yeah. I was always paranoid that I would leave the gas stove on. I so, always check it before yeah, bed. And I'd be like, do I smell gas? Like, is that, do I, and I go around and like, make sure that the gas is turned Is that off. me or the dog? Yeah. So I do get his point that, at some point in time, there were two separate events. There was the people who were freaked out and worried that the things that they were experiencing were from this gasser. And then there was the actual gasser events mm-hmm. happening. And it was hard to tell which one was which. Right. And then at some point in time, I think the newspapers talking about it spread it out into the country. And, and they then, hype it up. Yeah. I think police and some of the public thought that if they ignored it, then it would go away. And it being the gasser, the attention, and the worry. A crime specialist with the State Department of Public Safety, their name was Richard T. Piper, said, this is one of the strangest cases I have ever encountered in my years of police work. And then I also wanted to mention, Josh, that a doctor who appeared at one of the scenes here in Mattoon after the attack said that there was a peculiar odor in the room that, I mean, the doctor thought that it was a gas odor that had been left. You know, they just couldn't identify what the odor was. Right. One of the differences that I wanted to bring up between Virginia and Mattoon was, as I said, in both instances, women's shoes come up, but two people were seen in Virginia. So it's possibly that at some point in time in Virginia, two people might have been involved. Mm -hmm. But here in Mattoon, it was thought that only one person was involved or... At least that's what people thought. Maybe they split up. Could be. So that's all the notes that I had. Tomorrow, Josh and I are heading a little further north. We're going to head to another town where another mystery is being held. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) And then we're going to do a special little episode on some of the mysteries that we have Scene coming through on our drive out here. How long was our drive, do you think? We had to cross time zones. A little so. less than four hours, I think. Yeah. Was, Three and a half yeah, or so. Something like that. We also stopped in charge. Yeah, so about four hours. Yeah, that sounds about right. We left and it was 9.30 when we left. And then just Sunday, like yesterday, we switched daylight saving. So we sprung forward an hour and... Now we are in Illinois, so we sprang back down an hour, and we're all, we don't know, what time is just an illusion, it does not exist, where are we, who are we? Right. 
I'm curious if that Burger King that you mentioned is going to be open. Maybe we should do that for dinner. It says they're open till 10. Hmm. Well, it's before 10. Hey, we'll go try the original Burger King. Right. We'll see if it's better than the other guys. I'll go up there and piss them off. I'll be like, can I get a Whopper? <laughs> There'll be a Whopper? A Whopper? A Whopper. Right. <laughs> Which, it can't be that bad. Because it looked good online. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the regular, like of the franchise Burger King. I like their chicken, the long chicken sandwiches. Mm, that's usually that's what, what I, I got get. sick on. Uh, that's what I, that used to be what I used to always get. I ended up in the hospital once from food poisoning from one of those, the original chicken sandwich. So since then, I've not been back to I wouldn't normal, either. the normal Burger King. Once you get food poisoning from a place, it's like, yeah, nope. it reminds you of it. And you're oh. just like, it's just the thought of it. Makes me sick. I still can't eat cotton candy to this day. Oh, I've never liked cotton candy. Uh, I don't like food that makes me dirty. Okay. And that's one of those things that you have to, unless I was wearing gloves. Because, <laughs> like, you can't eat it with a fork. Right. Without people judging you. Can't just sit there and lick it like a lollipop. Yeah. I mean, I eat pizza with a fork and people are like, oh my God, what are you doing? Our dad eats bacon with a fork. You got to understand where we yeah, come I from. <laughs> well, I, I like not having to touch my food. Right. Josh, before... We wash dinner, our hands, but we still want utensils. I have to tell you this funny story. So, you know, you did the whole episode on the Appalachian Mountains mm-hmm. and, or Appalachia and I went to Gatlinburg and I just got back like literally yesterday and today we're here in Illinois. And while I was there, I went to the Dolly Stampede. Mm-hmm. Right? So I love a good dinner show. Like I am not a touristy type of thing. I do not care for the touristy side of Have they Gallenberg. fixed their vegetarian meal yet? I didn't get it. Okay. Good. I that was so to, sad. Yeah, I know. I didn't care for that. Here's a bag of California mix on a plate. I know. So let me ask you this. So when we went, it was around Christmas time. What type of chicken did you have? It was like a whole roast chicken. I thought that it was like a piece of fried chicken. At Dolly's, it was the whole roast chicken. At the other one, the redneck hillbilly. Uh, the redneck. I forget the name of it. <laughs> the Feud Neighbors. Yeah. That one had fried chicken and... Like that one had the best food there. Yeah, I love that cream place. of vegetable soup mm-hmm. was like delicious. Came in a bucket. Yeah, see, I thought that that Dolly Stampede also had the fried chicken. No, they give you so, like a whole little yeah, see, tiny quail-sized chicken. And for those of you who are listening, Shane does not like meat on a bone. Shane He's very not picky. Meat on a bone. I just don't like to have to pick off my a carcass. Meat from, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I just do not do it. So. I did not get the vegetarian because the last time I did, it was absolute. I just was hungry. So you were ready for a piece of fried chicken. I and, I like, and I knew that it was going to be on a bone, but I thought I'll cut it off the bone and I'll be okay. You know, I already like mentally prepared myself for a chicken breast, but I had days, if not weeks to mentally prepare for a chicken breast. Not a whole chicken. You get- Josh, the lady came out. It put a whole chicken <laughs> down in front of me. What? And everyone else that was in my party know how I am with meat. And they looked plate. over at me and they're like, are you going to be okay? No. And I was like, 
I'll eat the potato. <laughs> well, it already smells like horse poop in there. Yeah, and I like know. we grew up in the country. I know that it's you know like we're used barn. to the smell of it, but yeah. I don't want to eat dinner with smelling like I horse know. poop. There were some people who had never been before and they're like, How would you describe it? And I was like, Oh, it's fun. More hyped up than I, it's worth. I was like, think of the most country show dinner show you could think of and then put it in a barn and you're gonna eat dinner. Like, yeah. That's how I described it. Like you're in a pew in a church, a little t- like yeah. the little tiny seats yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, she sat down that little, and it was a full chicken that had been. Well, you get like a. Oh, I re- well, I remember I've been once like a teeny tiny little piece of smoked pork chop too, which yeah. that doesn't have a bone, but it was like it was, it was super tiny and dry. But you could see where they cut the chicken's neck off too. Yeah, like sometimes the there's whole, little pieces of the feather whole chicken thingy. <laughs> I was just like... Uh, it was walking around the farm the day before. I, was, I know. I looked over to the person next to me, and I was like, I'm surprised they didn't make us have to kill this. Like, it was so disgusting. I couldn't do it. Like, that I one... I couldn't even eat it. That one, it has Dolly Parton's name on it, so I like it, but the Hatfield and McCoy's dinner, That's that one, the show was funny. It didn't smell like yeah. horse poop. That's my favorite dinner. The dancers were cuter, and the food, like, yeah. that... The food I had there was probably like the best food I've yeah. had. And of course, I haven't eaten at Paula Deen's restaurant yet, but mm. oh, I can't get over the bucket I of think gravy. In order of favorite to least favorite of dinner shows that I've been to in that area would be that one, and then the pirate one, and then Dolly's yeah. Stampede. Those are the three that I've been to, and those would be my, yeah, that's it. I haven't done the pirate one yet, but I would definitely see that because we went at Christmas. So I saw the Christmas Hatfield and McCoy's, yeah. but I can still see the regular. Yeah. I just wish that there was a little bit more room between the people at the Hatfields and McCoy's. Yeah. Like the tables. I like that you, you got a table. table, though. I did too, but I just wish that there was a little bit more room between them because you, they squeeze you, it in you there. squeezed in like sardines. But I loved the show and the food was delicious. So that was really good. I do like the way that the pirate theater is set up better. And I think that was that set up a little bit better than the Hatfields. Not sponsored. Um, <laughs> right. Although Dolly, hey, yeah. how you do? Uh-huh. She owns all of them. Right. I know. Come but at me, girl. I know. I'll work for you. Right. Right. This could be your podcast. Right. <laughs> hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. <laughs> oh, actually, the day that we were at the Stampede... She was at Dollywood. Oh, you bastard. I know. I know. You she bastard. was there because it opened that day. Yeah, like the spring thing. Yeah, it opened that day. And so she was there to celebrate the opening. And they're opening a new coaster or something. So she was mm-hmm. there to celebrate that. And so I saw like them release an article for Severville. 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 And I was just like, oh, that's cool that she was down here. You know, I was like, Josh would have loved it. Oh. I know you would love to meet her. But. Oh. Dream, dream. I do, but I don't because I know I'm going to make a big old, big old messy fool of myself. Right. Not even like I'm liable to do something stupid like snatch your wig off. Like, yeah, and I'm not even like my brain just goes out and I'm like turn into a wild animal. Like, well, yeah, I bet if you pull her wig off, she'll always remember you for that. She'll never forget that tall gay guy that pulled her wig off at the Wally Wal- Walmart. The Wally Mart. The Wally Mart. Uh, That's- 
talking about Tennessee, my Southern's coming up. Right. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That's why when you guys met Winona, I had went to the same concert just a few months before, and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm glad I didn't meet her because I just, in my head, I'm like, just play it cool, play it cool. And when I did the meet and greet with your wife, when we went, mm-hmm. you know, I, I watched her and we were able to ask questions and whatnot, but I just stood there real quiet because I'm like, no, don't do not do nothing stupid. But in the back of my head, I'm like, but if you stood up and screamed, woo, or flashed her, she'd always remember that. Unforgettable. You're wearing a hat from the Giants, aren't you? I am, That's yes. Funny. <laughs> That's funny. I told you that when I met her, she like stood on her tippy toes. She was like, I don't want to appear too short. <laughs> Can you crouch a little? Right. Well, I did. I like slouched down well that's like automatic for you anytime you're like oh let me i do that when i go through doorways too because i remember at some point i remember what year it was probably because i got a concussion but there was one year when i got on the school bus i was getting off the school bus and i hit my head really hard on the door of the school bus and like i think i almost passed out so ever since then Whenever I go through doorways, I always tend to duck just in case. It looks like he's real religious and kind right. of like bowing before he goes into every room. Like, oh, <laughs> right. Please bless this room. But <laughs> when you hit your head on something, I know most people don't have to deal with it, but your our heads are just not made for that kind Mm-mm. of thing. So when you hit your head, especially on metal. Shower. It really hurts. I yeah. hate sliding shower doors because oh they'll just, you you know, you open the door, you don't think to, in the wham. Well, especially because I have to wear glasses and I can't oh, see yeah. them, So when I take showers, I don't have my glasses on. Oh, I never even so thought I have to about be really that. really careful. Yeah. You blind, poor bastards yeah. with your glasses. A lot of people ask me, do you wear glasses? And I don't know why they ask, but do you wear your glasses when you get up in the middle of the night to the bathroom? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> can't see crap like why would i not i will like literally i'll fall. be pissing in the kitchen sink no kidding. <laughs> well i just won't be able to see and that's why i, I sit down to pee because you can pee at <laughs> night and not even have to turn the light on right yeah <laughs> all right well we could go ahead and stop there so we could go find dinner josh yeah we're gonna go see if we can try out the original burger king yeah and we will report back If you guys enjoyed this episode of Unmasked, please join us on Patreon and you can listen to Unmasked after every episode. Yeah, and we are also on Apple Premium. (laughs) So we'll see you here or there and everywhere. Later, gang. Bye.